The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM. Welcome to a new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jerry McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts at JerryMcCarthy74. This week's guests include Cork Senior Camogie Captain Linda Collins on the heartbreak of losing an All-Ireland Final to Galway. Echo columnist Linda Mellerick discussing the 2021 Cork Camogie Club Championships. My own weekend review and preview of the Cork LGFA Club Football Championships. And finally... Irish rugby international Anna Capeless on winning an interprovincial title with Munster and starring in RTE's Ultimate Hell Week, the professionals TV series. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Corkamogie senior captain Linda Collins joined us on this week's Women in Sport podcast to talk about dealing with the disappointment of her county's All-Ireland final defeat to Galway, when she found out she wouldn't be starting the All-Ireland final and her joy at returning to club action with Corsi Rovers. Delighted to be joined by the Cork Senior Camogie Captain uh, and also from Corsi Rovers, Linda Collins. It's been a, a hectic few weeks for for the Cork Senior Captain, to put it mildly, out of the frying pan and straight into the fire from Intercounty to Club Championship. First of all, Linda, um, commiserations on defeat to Galway in the All-Ireland Final. I could see, as I was there, the hurt and the disappointment and etched on your face and on all the Cork players' faces. Um, it, ju- it just didn't work out on the day. No, and it didn't. And, you know, I think um, at the end of the day, you know, Galway, Galway were just that much more driven towards the end of the game. And I felt we really put it up to them and we stuck with them for long periods of time. But, you know, they had that experience of being in All-Ireland Finals and knowing when to push on. And, you know, credit to Galway for, for winning the way they did. You know, when we got the goal, I suppose we kind of sat back a small bit. Um, and that was the chance then to push on. So, um no, yeah, look, it's obviously a hard one to take when you get that close, but, you know, we can't be sore losers then either. Yeah, and look, I have to ask, because in the build-up to it, obviously, a lot of off-field attention was drawn to the fact Orla Cronin may end up playing, depending on the disciplinary hearing, and it worked. It, it, it ended up that she did, and she started. Can I ask you when you found out um, that you wouldn't be starting? Yeah, so I suppose um, during the week they were trying different people in the position, you know, instead of Orla, because obviously they had used me as an impact sub. So I kind of knew all week, you know, and I feel, not that I, not that anybody had said it, but I kind of felt myself, you know, that they're probably still going to use me for that impact role, um, impact sub role. So to be honest, it was it was Saturday when um, I was actually officially told, um, but Kenny Healy had been going really well at training as well, so even I felt if Orla wasn't able to play, it could have been Kena as well. So, um, no, it was Saturday officially, but I suppose we always had faith that Orla was going to make it. So I never really, and I wouldn't have changed anything from the semi-final, you know, it worked so well that I was kind of thinking, you know, it, it makes sense to keep things the same. So, uh, yeah, that was what, how it happened. Um, you saw firsthand probably once Orla joined up with the, the performance that she put in considering everything that had gone beforehand I know you wouldn't be surprised by her because you know what a good player and what a character she is but she was fantastic considering everything that had gone before and put in the effort that she did um, Were you? I mean you weren't surprised to see that I would assume No I wasn't sure Orla had been so positive all week you know I'd meet her to make sure that she, you know she was doing okay and you know any time I met her she was almost asking how I was you know what I was like <laughs> But Orla, you're, you're the one going through this now, you know. But uh, she was so positive all week, you know. It never got her down or anything. Um, She was great, you know. So, and it was just a pity that she missed out on the training and stuff during the week. You know, she didn't, she wasn't able to stream with us or anything. So, um, that was a bit of a disaster. But, uh, 
look, she she put up, she put in a serious performance after finding out at eleven half eleven or twelve o'clock uh, the night before that she was going to be able to play in all Ireland final. So um, fair play to her for producing the performance that she did. And just, I don't want to stay on the point, but just the final point, you, you walked around, uh, you led the team out behind the R10 band for the first time ever. There were 16 players, um, oral included. A nice and a, and a very and a very important touch, I thought. Whose idea was that? Um, so Matthew Jimmy just came up to me and said that, Linda, you know, you're allowed to walk in the, walk in the breeze. And I, you know, and it is, a, it is part of being captain. And to be honest, I didn't even think about that. You know, when you're so focused on the match and things, you forget about all the other things that come with it. But um, it was Matt who told me before the game that I was allowed to do it or whatever. So, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a nice touch and it was a serious honour for my family and my um, my club and everything like that as well. Um, but it, it, should be, it should be a thing, I think, you know, if, if the captain isn't playing. And as I said before, you know, no, nobody is guaranteed a position on the team. So I do think it is. It should be a thing, and I don't know. Is it the first ever? I actually don't know that. Um, I could be wrong there, but it's it's the first time I've ever seen sixteen players. Anyway, look, it was a lovely touch. Um, I don't. Again, look, the last point on it because we don't want to dwell on it for too long. But obviously, the dressing room was a pretty desolate place after that final. I would imagine. But how long did it take? You know, for the reality once once. Once you'd gotten over, as much as you possibly can get over losing an All-Ireland final in that short period of time, and that people seemed to get back to themselves again. Was, were you, I know he came back down on the train that night, or, or a good shot if he did, but did it take a few days? Yeah, to be honest, like we're, we're still not over, we're still in shock. You know, I feel everybody, emotions are high. You know, there's kind of a sense of emptiness. You know, you, you give so much to it. Like your whole life is being camogie, you know. You, you, it's almost like, part-time work at this stage you know and then it's just you know you you leave no stone unturned so I feel like it definitely is a huge part of your life not even, like whatever about going to training on Tuesday and Thursday but what you're eating you're sleeping you know going to the gym doing the extra bit going to the ball alley and everything you know they they fell into your day all the time so I don't think I don't think anybody will be over for a while I know after we lost me last year you know it's a month later when you're thinking about it and you're you're thinking, God, how did we let it slip? You know, and you're questioning everything, you know, because you've done more or whatever. But look, that's his life and everything. We, we put it, we put our shoulders to the wheel on Sunday and we did our very best and just have to keep reminding yourself of that because you can, you can go down a hole and you can um, start to question things. So I don't think we'll, we'll ever get over it. But the first few days we all stuck together and it was kind of until we were on our own for periods that people had started to hit people again, you know, because it really is like, I mean, the bond between us this year was something unreal for our court you know, everybody knew each other inside out and just enjoyed spending time with each other. So it was great. So it is, it's tough one to take then in that sense as well. Well, let's talk about a more positive note then. You put that disappointment behind you, and I, I say that um, not tongue in cheek, but course you're overs, you're quickly straight back into the, County Senior Championship, a four fourteen to one eight victory over Ballin Colleague was not unexpected, but your particular performance, um, and I think was it three five in the game itself. Um, am I right in saying a bit of frustration was being taken out in that game, or was it just, or, or had that any bearing on it whatsoever? It, it didn't. To be honest, I was, I was just, I felt after the disappointment, all I wanted to do was go out and play Camogie and just enjoying playing Camogie, as I always do. But I felt, you know, we're back to the grassroots. I love playing with my club. It's like asking Maloney to Jacinta, and Jacinta knows exactly where I'm going to be on the pitch. It's like we've played with these girls for so many years. 
we know exactly where everyone is going to be making the different runs. It was just so enjoyable, you know, and I actually, I don't know where it came from, to be honest. I feel like uh, I, I was probably wrecked from the week. So I had a good sleep there on Saturday and uh, I got up again to go for three o'clock on Saturday and then football championship then yesterday. So it's great. I, I love being back with the club and, you know, it's where it all starts and you have some serious support from the club as well when you're playing on Cork. So you like to be able to give it back then uh, when you can. I, I don't want to come across like a psychologist, but is it like a security blanket in a way in that being able to focus on something like ladies football and camogie so quickly after losing an all-earned final is actually an important thing in that you're, you're not over it and you're not going to forget about it, but the fact that you've got important club matters to focus on helps you move on. Definitely. And I, I think a huge part of that is just being back with your friends from home and being back with, you know, I was saying about this week, you know, when you're away from the Cork girls and you spend so much time with them and then you're back to the girls who have supported you and all drove to Cork Park last Sunday, you know, to support you and everything. So the security of even having them around you and being able to go again, it, it's brilliant. Yeah. And I, I honestly, just team sport in general, I feel everyone should try and participate because it's great to have that kind of security around you all the time, you know, even if you are feeling as low, you know, after losing an all-in final as well. Indeed. And just finally, uh, Linda, as courtier overs and as the reigning champions, I mean, obviously you want to retain your title and you've started it the best possible fashion, but it's going to get even more difficult from here on in. You know that better than anybody, but you can't do much more than what you did in the first day against Balancholic, but you need to step it up again now over the coming weeks. Definitely. And I mean, you know, there's such competition now in the Cork Senior Mobile Championships. Actually, it's great. There's serious competition. You know, so we'll only we'll only take it game by game and like that's what we did last year. We saw the results, we built momentum and we built on every performance and uh, probably produced our best performance of the season then in the county final and that's what you want to be doing. So we'll just take it game by game and see where we end up then after that. The big red bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from six PM. I sat down with Echo newspaper columnist Linda Mellerick to review the opening rounds of the twenty twenty one Carcamogi Club Championships. Linda gave us her expert view on her standout team and individual player performances, as well as looking ahead to this weekend's Camogie County Championship fixtures. Now, it's a real treat to be joined by the Echo's Linda Mellerick, who writes extensively on Cork Intercounty and Club Camogie every week in the newspaper. You can find her column there as well. Linda, thank you very much for joining us here on the Big Red Bench. You're welcome, sir. Um, out of the frying pan, into the fire. Uh, the Intercounty season had barely finished and we're straight into the, the club championships. You've been ex- exceedingly busy, you and your fellow reporters, Mary Newman for the Echo. Um, there's been a lot happening, but can you just give us an overview of some of the, the, I suppose, the headlines coming out of the first couple of rounds of the senior cha- the SE System Senior Championship? Yeah, I suppose you're right. You're, um, you know, for, for clubs, you know, in one sense, I think it's always the best medicine of all. Losing an All-Ireland final and go straight clubbing back into club action is like getting back on the horse after falling off. So, And, you know, all inter-county players had fine games with their clubs at the weekend. So, you know, I think that would have done them the world of good. Um, so we had nine championship games last weekend. Uh, sorry, the first round was Sars and Milford on the Wednesday night. So that was a very quick turnaround. And uh, Sars um, came out on top there. And then we went into kind of what we call the second round. So there was only one game in the first round. We went into the second round then. And we had a number of games. Um, some of them some of them were, were, were heavy defeats for some. And other games then, you know, were, were pretty tight and interesting so um, and now we're heading into uh, round three this weekend, mm. and we have Douglas and Ballincollig, Clodovan and McKilly, Erogan Milford, 
Inniscarra and Muskery and Shandun and Town. So they're the what six five games this weekend. Yeah, so, um, so it's been like as you said, it's been full on because there are so many games to be co- or, or to be played um, in the initial stages before we get to the full knockout. But can I ask you just because I know you were there, one game that stood out for me was um, in the SE System Senior Championship, um, Enniskeen making their first appearance up at senior level, and they played Douglas. Yeah, and I was very impressed with Enniskeen to be honest. Uh, and you know, it, it it can often happen that you're kind of shackled by being at a junior or intermediate level for so many years, and then you make the breakthrough and the shackles come off. And because they were very impressive, and they certainly didn't look out of place. Um, Douglas weren't great on the day, to be honest, um, but still, it was a very impressive performance by Enniskeen. Um, I think all over the pitch, they're pretty strong. Defensively, they were strong. And up front, they have a great full forward line. Um, Tara Sheen, Eamon O'Brien and Lauren Cochran. Outside them, then you had Orla Collin and Sinead Hurley and Orla Cronin. And Orla Cronin played very deep. And initially at the start, I was saying, well, God, why is Orla playing so deep? You know, you know, they need her up front for scores. But they didn't because she got some good ball in. And uh, they were very impressive up front. So, you know, um, 23 points, um, 17 of those were from play. And that's impressive any day out. So, you know, um, they, they'll be looking forward to, to, to round four. And uh, I'm not too sure at this moment who they're playing in round four. Actually, they're playing the winners of Inniscarra and Muskery. So, you know, um, all to play for for Inniskeen and they'll, they'll be buoyed up after that first round. Yeah, and as you said, um, just one quick point before we leave that game. Orla Cronin, considering the previous couple of weeks and what she'd been through off both on and off the pitch with the Cork, Intercounty senior team. It was good to see her having, um, you know, an important role in that game. And we'll talk about Linda Collins. I think a little bit later on as well. Um, that she played. You know, I suppose getting back to the club was probably a good thing for her. It was, and you know, Orla's very level-headed. Um, to her credit, and no matter how, but no matter how much she tried to distance herself from all the drama coming up to the All Ireland final, it has to play its part. Mm. Um, but she had a final Ireland final. To be fair, you know, um. And I think at this point now, as you know, it's behind her. Um, I'm not sure where it's at at this moment in time, but you know, she showed no ill effects of that anyway last Sunday. She was really flying, but in the skin and seemed to be enjoying her hurling, which is great. Good stuff. Another game you got to report on, which was much closer and sounded like it was a really good game, was St. Catharines and Shandoon. Um, and good to see Shandoon here as well, putting up a really good performance. St. Catharines 114, Shandoon 2 8. Yeah, and look, I'm always impressed with Catherine's. I think they, you know, they're always a very well-drilled side, and they, they they bring so much to the table every time they play. And you know, they're very experienced at this stage. They've got very experienced defenders, and you know, Caroline Motherway, Owen Neville, and then they've Laura Hayes. Um, Flora Neville really was the leader on the day. I thought she had a fine game, and then you have for Hurley and Eva Regan up front. Uh, yeah, they won that one fourteen to two eight. I think Shandoon had about thirteen wides on the day, twelve or thirteen. Um, their teamwork was poor. I, I don't. I think they've probably got together once before this, and you know that that's that's you know no matter how many stars you have on paper, if the teamwork isn't there, then it's not going to work. Um, and you know, so hope they'll be hoping to progress throughout the championship because the more they progress, the better the teamwork will develop. Um, and it's tough on them as well, and it's tough on all divisional sides. You watch, you know, the, the the calendar is so short that junior, intermediate, and senior championship games have to run. In tandem, you know, and yeah. I, Pierre Shiggs, Brian Dillon has played out a, a, a ferocious battle on the, the night before the game with Shandoon on a Friday night and the Pierre Shiggs played. So you, you had players with sore bodies and tired bodies going into that game with Catherine's. Um, so I've, look, I've no doubt there's junior intermediate games again this weekend, but Shandoon are out Sunday. So, um, you know, 
Um, we'll see how it goes with them. But again, you know, Catherine's, you know, always bring a great challenge to the table. So, you know, that was an enjoyable game. Yeah, indeed it was. And it, as I said, it's good to see the division, um, much like Carby and the other divisions, like making, you know, making the effort um, at senior Absolutely. level. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Love to see that. And all four divisions are there this year. Well, we have four, five, we have Shandun and McKilly. Um, well, we, we have Carberry and Musgreen. So that's great, you know. Yeah. Um, one other game you covered was Killa and Clodov. Now, Killa had a really good win here, 121 to 19. They obviously had some some famous names involved, uh, intercounty names involved in that. But it sounds like Killa have hit the ground running this year. Yes, and, and Killer, if anyone reads my reports, Killer are a team that I've disappointed over the years. You know, again, on paper, a fine balanced side. Um, you know, and if they kick, they could be very impressive. Um, their inter-county players really were the difference. Uh, Laura Tracy was excellent at centre-back there, and she made driving runs forward and got, I think, three points. Um, Chloe Sigerson had a fine game as well, and Hannah Looney did her usual great bursts forward. So they were very impressive, you know, and they were certainly the difference between the sides. Kudov, you know, young side, um, again, tried their best, but the difference between the two sides that day was that the likes of Laura Tracy and, and Chloe and Hannah, they can take points from great distance, mm. whereas Kudov were trying to work the ball for, closer in towards the goal, and then they met up against a strong pillar defence. So, um, you know, Julie Verning and that, they, they tried very hard for Kudov, but just, you know, they just didn't have the scoring power that Killa had really with those long distance strikes. Indeed. Now, a game you didn't cover, Mary Newman covered it for the Echo, um, was the defending senior champions in Corsi Rovers getting off the mark against Ballincollig as expected in a big score 4-14 to 1-8 but I just wanted to ask you Linda Collins because uh, she's on this show as well this week scored 3-5 in that game I mean we talk about Orla Cronin coming out of the inter-county scene and being happy to get back in, in the club in, in the club jersey it's clear uh, Linda was back with a point to prove yeah, and delighted for Linda. I think everyone is, you know, I think, you know, Linda's had a, a, a tough year, you know, with mm. maybe not making the starting 15 with Cork, but I've interviewed her a couple of times on that and, and she really was a tremendous captain and, you know, uh, there was no sulking, no pouting. She did what she needed to do every time she came on. You know, I thought when she came on the All-Ireland final, I mean, her pass through for Katrina Mackey's goal was just top class. Mm. Every time she came on, she did the business. You know, you'll always have the debate of should she have, should she have started or should she have come on sooner? in a number of games uh, particularly the final but you know we'll never know now um, yeah. but you know uh, Corsi's again are strong contenders you know strong all over great defence Ashley Maloney Grania Hannon you know you've just into Crowley there around the middle then they have the lethal forward line with Linda Collins and Saoirse McCarthy Fiona Keating and Christine O'Neill so you know Ballincollig you know I was talking to their their coach there Kieran Ryan last week and he said they were, they were just destroyed with injuries you know so maybe they didn't give as good account of themselves as they would have liked considering the effort they put in all year with training I know they've, they've put in a big effort but a, a powerful display by Corsi Rovers and again strong contenders Are they the team to beat this year? Last question Linda Well look it's always hard um, second year round yeah. you know but they're you know I think those putting kind of their hands up at the moment obviously would be Corsi's uh, St Finbar's very balanced Glen Rovers uh, Killa Catherine's and, and maybe in the scheme will be the shock of the year who knows <laughs> indeed well listen Linda thanks very very much for your time you can read all of Linda's match reports and her column every week in the Evening Echo along with Mary Newman and uh, blanket coverage of the senior and all the different grades of Camogie Championships and uh, listen thanks very much uh, Linda hopefully we'll talk to you again on the Big Red Bench in the next couple of weeks not at all sure anytime thank you <laughs> 
missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Now, the new Cork LGFA County Club Championships are up and running with first round games now completed across the senior, the intermediate and all the various junior grades that the Cork LGFA look after. It's been very, very busy um, last weekend and it's going to be even busier again once again this weekend. At the very top in the senior club championship in Group 1, Morn Abbey, uh, the team that were beaten by West Cork in last year's final got their campaign up and running in serious fashion. Uh, a 7-11 to not 4 victory reported by Rory Noonan in this week's Echo. Um, uh, Cork senior footballer Darren O'Sullivan contributing 1-6 and Breed O'Sullivan getting 2-1 so Mornabi looking in, in good shape there I think it's fair to say uh, obviously uh, for my overmatched and overpowered by a very very powerful um, uh, Mornabi team that are anxious to get that uh, their their senior title back so a good start for them in the same group uh, again Rory Noonan reporting in this week's Echo that Bright Rovers put up a huge score in seeing off an added team that were missing both uh, Cork players Hannah Looney and Sarah Leahy uh, they relied heavily on Emma Farmer she came up with 10 points of their total of 14 but they were no match for Bright Rovers who were in absolutely flying form um Rack up a, a very very impressive score uh, including 3-7 from Cork senior Katie Quirk what a breakout year she's had uh, she scored 3-7 and also a couple of goals coming in from Jennifer Cahill and what that means is that group 1 in the senior or in the Cork LGFA senior group 1 Mornabby and Bright Rovers are top of the table on 3 points each Adder and Formoy obviously losing in no points um, Inch Rovers make their debut this weekend uh, they are also in that group and their first appearance is away to Formoy um, and that's on this Sunday but the big standout game from group 1 will be the meeting of Bright Rovers and Mornabby a real test of Bright Rovers credentials against uh, everyone's hot favourites for this year's uh, senior title I think it's fair to say and that's Shane Ronane's Mornabby in group 2 in the senior grade uh, there are 4 clubs and each of those clubs get their campaigns underway this coming weekend. St. Val's and Aerog uh, meet on Sunday and that should be an absolute cracker as should the meeting of Clonakilty and Kinsale. Uh, Clonakilty of course who won last year's Intermediate Football Championship uh, causing a bit of a surprise by beating Glanmire in the final. Kinsale seasoned veterans at this stage now with the senior grade they can call upon the likes of uh, Orla Finn Cy uh, Valeri and Quivo Callan so they're quite experienced. That, two very very good games there and a quite a tight group where um, Every, uh, I think every point and every score will count uh, in this year's senior grade and certainly in that group in Group 2 Kinsale as we said travelling to Clannacilty and St Val's entertaining Air Oak this weekend down uh, a grade just below and that's the Intermediate Championship in Group 1 Glanmire obviously everyone's favourites for this year's title they certainly uh, got their campaign off to a very very good start last weekend at the Pike where they hammered uh, an out of sorts Dunamore I think it's fair to say and what that means is that this weekend's game between Dunamore and last year's Junior A champions Valley Rovers they're up from the grade below having won the Junior A that's a big game for both those clubs Dunamore need to win to keep any hope of staying in the championship alive while Valley Rovers obviously they'll want to win this just as much because they play Glanmire in their final group game and what a cracking game that should turn out to be that's the intermediate grade group one in group two it's it's going to be equally tight because you've two West Cork clubs Bantry Blues and Ross Carberry and Aragland Desmond's Bui from North Cork and last weekend Aragland Desmond's Bui travelled to West Cork and uh, pulled off a very very impressive victory 3-12 to 1-10 over Ross Carberry but a game that was dominated unfortunately by an incident after about seven minutes when Cork senior Sarah Hayes was uh, issued with a red card, surprisingly, that meant that uh, Ross Carby played the majority of the game uh, with 14 players. There was black cards in the second half for both teams as well. But in the end, Ari Glenn Desmond made their numerical advantage count. Ashley Ferris weighing in with 1-2, Evie Casey getting 1-1 and Julie Denny 
playing a pivotal role at centre forward. She scored four points. Disappointment for Ross Carberry, obviously, who had Tara Maguire, Maura O'Brien, who got one too, including a cracking goal on the score sheet, and the uh, the evergreen Laura McMahon as well, uh, weighing in with a couple of points. But what all that means is that this weekend's game, uh, the West Cork Derby down in Bantry on Sunday between Bantry Blues and Ross Carberry. It's must win for Ross Carberry, uh, while Bantry Blues will also want to pull off uh, a victory because they face Eric Len Desmond's we in the final of those uh, that group two which is turning out already to be an intriguing intermediate championship um, in terms of the junior A and junior B C D and E everything you need to know and more uh, in terms of fixtures tables and results on the CorkLadiesFootball.com website uh, obviously you can follow it uh, we write quite a lot about it in the Southern Star during the week with myself and also as I said uh, Rory Noonan in the Echo uh, also match reports roundups and previews of all the Cork Ladies Football Club's championships uh, it's really hotting up now in the next couple of weeks should see uh, plenty of action on the pitch off the pitch uh, a lot of interest this week obviously in who is going to become the next Cork Senior Ladies Football uh, Manager because Ify Fitzgerald obviously his uh, his term uh, having reached this year's All-Ireland semi-finals only losing disappointingly losing to the eventual champions Meath um, Fitzgerald obviously has been Cork Ladies Senior Football Manager for over six years years now um, he's already delivered an All-Ireland title and a cup and three Division 1 league titles and in this week's Southern Star Kieran McCarthy assessed the three uh, main candidates for that job who we believe are being interviewed this week one of those is Shane Ronan. Um he's the current Waterford men's football manager he's also obviously Moran Abbey manager and has a lot of success and the other being uh, Airog and uh, Airog and former Cork uh, minor manager uh, John Cleary, Castlehaven legend, of course, himself. Those three look to be the, the most likely in the frame. One of those uh, individuals will emerge as the manager for the coming season. It needs to be sorted, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, and Cork Intercounty can uh, start planning for uh, yet another busy year. But uh, Kieran McCarthy has written extensively about that in this week's Southern Star. And I'm sure before the end of the week, there'll be plenty more column inches uh, to see who becomes the next Cork LGFA senior football manager. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6. Irish Rugby International Anna Capeless joined us on the Women in Sport podcast to discuss starring in RTE's Ultimate Hell Week The Professionals TV series, winning the Vodafone Interprovincial Championship with Munster and previewing Ireland's must-win Rugby World Cup qualifier against Scotland. Well, now it's a real thrill to have a member of the Munster Senior Women's Rugby Interprovincial Championship winning team and also um, an Irish Rugby International on the Big Red Bench with us here. It's Anna Capeless. Anna, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Before we talk about rugby, we have to talk about the RTE series Ultimate Hell Week. Um, it has been gripping viewing. You were a member, uh, have been a member of that cask. Before we talk about the show, how did you come to be involved in it first? Um, I was asked through uh, actually a former teammate of mine. Um, she had been asked to take part Um there was actually somebody else supposed to do it and she was managing an injury and kind of in the end she wasn't fit enough to take part so I was only asked to do Hell Week about two weeks out from the show um, which was just around just after like or around Six Nations time actually um, so I had been you know training for Six Nations and, and, and in the end wasn't selected which was you know very d- disappointing for, from my own perspective so I was you know this, this opportunity appeared do you know what I actually said no I was like absolutely not that sounds terrific like no like I said no I, do you know what I was asked and I kind of thought about it then I watched one of the previous episodes and I was like nah like that's not for me like I don't I'm not 
<laughs> I wouldn't be into that. But kind of different things happened um, that that all kind of pointed towards, you know, that I should take this opportunity. And sure, I went with it anyway. And uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, I, 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 I'm disappointed with, with some parts of it, but also very happy with, you know, kind of having taken the opportunity, having thrown my hat at it and having now kind of built up an a, a unbelievable network with the other kind of recruits as we called ourselves or we were called you know um who are just fabulous people and, and have been we've all been in touch and kind of grown together as a, as a friendship group now since yeah i was going to say to and my heart went out to watching the episode mm-hmm. where, where you had to where you had to step away from it because look it 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 is clear you're right to to the camaraderie amongst the group was pretty obvious from the from the very first episode, but mm. because you're only seeing highlights of something, the pain and the anguish and just the whatever about the physical side of it, the mental side of it. I mean, you couldn't have been prepared for that for the way they tested you mentally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can prepare all you want, kind of physically and like they kind of they had suggested kind of ways to train. You know, and I obviously hadn't put in that training because I first of all only found, found out two weeks beforehand and then also was um, was training for Six Nations as well at the time so I didn't have time to be one of the suggestions was crawl through a river with a weight on your back I was like what is oh this kind of, kind of training like you know so you can prepare for those things or in my case you know just kind of go with whatever physical ability you have at the time and, and hope it can bring you so far but the mental aspect yeah was, was very very tough I think I think I went in there kind of not not at a great time because, like I said, you know, it was a very tough time for me having, you know, trained so hard and in the end wasn't selected for Six Nations. I was in kind of a, a, a tough place being hard on myself at the time anyway and kind of what I feel like wasn't able to get past that because the thing is, you know, what happened with the boat, and you're right, it doesn't, uh, it only shows snippets of what went on. Like, it actually, it doesn't, although it's an amazing show and it seems to capture it very well, there's no way in hell <laughs> it could capture the full experience. And ha- what happened on the beach then, I was furious at myself afterwards because I didn't think, like, you know, if you're if you're stuck, you know, and you're, you're struggling with something, what you do is you reach out and you ask someone or you, you think of a different way of doing it. And I could think of a million different ways of, of doing what I did and what we did as a team at the time afterwards I was like why didn't we do this way why didn't I just do that but you're not in it's designed so that you don't think laterally like you normally would you know we'd no sleep very little food you know constantly on edge um, you know that that's, that's all deliberate so that when the pressure is on you, you don't make the decisions or, or act like you normally would so what happened on the beach you know when, when we were carrying the boat and I just completely just wore out my legs I just couldn't get it right in my head how do I tackle this now how do I approach this problem and I my back was against the wall and and you know I was like you know it was evident in the show I started to slow the team down and I started to actually kind of fall and pull down the boat and I could feel that you know my, my you know teammates were, were being slowed down because of me so it actually became very very tough then to, to, to continue with it um, Who did you which charity did you uh, attend the show on behalf of and, and what have you taken from it the experience um, So Pieta House was a charity that I represented um, you know after the, the year and a half that we've all been through and 
you know, just the the, 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 the um, tough kind of mental challenge that all of us have been through in, in the last year and a half. I just thought it was a very worthy cause. You know, they, they support um, mental health and, and uh, um, uh, people who are grieving for, from 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 suicide um that they support those those people as well which is very important and um yeah like i it was great to kind of reach out to them and and build that link with them and hopefully um you know if nothing else raise a bit of awareness and a bit of money for them um but also i've taken a lot from it and i'm glad that the show is out there now because you know it was hanging over me all summer and i was you know i was very disappointed after it and trying to kind of find the positives in it but people were you know when people found out it was on the show like oh cool you're on hell week that's so cool and getting very excited and i was just kind of you know nodding my head like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like knowing that i was only going to be in it for the two episodes or whatever so i'm glad that kind of that part is done now and i can move on with the positives which is you know i i I trained really hard after Hell Week. Like I had a you know a bit of a break. We went back into camp, and I was like, right, trained the house down. Was 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 playing and training so well all summer, with the kind of thought in my head that this isn't as hard as Hell Week, and I did this already in Hell Week, and I can do this again ten times over. Because the weird thing about Hell Week was there was no concept of where the finish line might be. You know, whereas you know in in rugby you've got your forty minutes. 80 minutes and you know when you're doing conditioning you've got another couple of hundred metres to go or another 10 minutes or 5 minutes of work whereas with Hell Week there was no concept of that you know so when when I'm you know training now and, and I'm starting to flag like I can measure it as to how much is left and how much I can push through you know whereas that was very different in Hell Week so that's, that, that, that's another thing that I've taken away from it just the kind of the mindset um, to get into of just kind of keep keep working hard because you know the end the end is actually coming <laughs> well look congratulations on, I mean even to do what you did it takes a huge huge effort mentally and physically and clearly you benefited from it as you said because Munster went on to win the interprovincial the Vodafone interprovincial championship this year Good, great result against Ulster Connacht really put it up to you for three quarters of the game but the last one against Leinster about as good a performance as I've seen from the Munster women in a long time is that a fair comment? Yeah probably um, I think just the, the the quality of the coverage as well and just kind of how how much like do you know what I always think like when you see um, the men play and you have like clips and short clips of them afterwards from all these different angles if they're doing something well like we had that with TG Cahar and just the really good you know coverage and and the different angles and and you know the, the the quality of it meant that people were able to like watch moments back and there were moments being tweeted and retweeted and things like that I think that's very very important for any sport and particularly for us in, in women's rugby like I, I find there's a lot of you know live streaming that goes on you know especially when I've played over in the premiership a lot of live streaming but it just doesn't produce the same quality of the clips and stuff that you can watch and share and rewatch because you know social media now is where support is coming from mm. for, for for teams and for players so that that was brilliant so I think that yeah, of course. Like the the um, you know the, the coverage was brilliant, but you are right in saying that that the, the performance was excellent. Like goodness, like I played like with some of those girls, like Fiona Reedy and Kate Sheehan, um, 
we played together for years. Like when I first joined UL Bowes in, in um, when I was 18 and I went to UL for the first time, I played with them. They were on my UL Bowes team. So to be still winning a title with them and winning a medal with them, however many years later, I won't say, um, they, you know, it's just a, a, a really brilliant feeling and that experience, you know, we could really feed that back into the squad. And then on the other side of that, the young girls that are coming through are just phenomenal. Like, uh, the, just, the, you know, May Vogue, uh, O'Leary and like the, the the other girls that are there, the really young girls that are coming through and like they're confident and they're... They, you know, they know the game and they're they're open to learning and they're asking us questions and they're taking on the things that, that we've got to say to them made for a really a really great team environment and then made the, the, that winning feeling like all the better. And you know when you have to grind out the win, like especially versus Connacht and versus Leinster, like grinding out, working hard for those scores, like as as a team was was a yeah a, a brilliant feeling. Indeed, and fully deserved. Um, and congratulations on that. As you said, like it's great to see the increased coverage, but the fact that Munster were put front and centre on prime time on Tina G will inspire the next generation of young players to come along, as well as, yeah. hopefully, the Irish international rugby team. Now, I know you're on the reserve list for that, um, and you're still an Irish rugby international. Just your general view of the way things have gone, we're heading into an absolutely crucial fixture this coming weekend. But from... From Irish women's rugby's point of view, I mean, it's absolutely vital to get a, we get a victory here now and we qualify. Absolutely. Um, like the the tournament, my goodness, you know, it just it, it, it just goes to show like why you, you can't, and this is something that I, I'd always kind of talk about, is you can't take your eye off the ball, you know, you can't be like to harden yourself for, or kind of dwelling on the past because, you know, the, the opportunity for things to change comes so quick and so fast that you need to be ready for them. So every single one of the teams, you know, the, the, the results, you know, each team now has won one and lost one. I don't think anybody could have, well, I was about to say, I don't think anyone could have foreseen that. But actually, when you think about it, it's four very, very strong teams that are all dying, dying to go to this World Cup. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, it was, you know, disappointing to, to get the loss in the first game, but you can't write off a team like Spain that have just brilliant athletes, brilliant on the seventh circuit. They put a, they invest a lot in their women's team, you know, so that, if that's something that we learned a lot from, maybe it was the best thing that could have happened to us, that opening result. Um, and then, you know, Scotland, Italy, Spain, they'll all take the same lessons, you know, and everyone will be, just, it's just going to be brilliant this last um, last two rounds. And yeah, like I I do believe that, you know, given how hard we, we've trained all summer and how well we've trained all summer, that we, if we're performing at our best, we will come out on top and hopefully be that, that top qualifier. Like I really, I really think that that's really within our grasp, but it just, you know, it's down to the girls on the pitch now. Can they... Can they keep their cool and can they do what I know they can do? Can they just do it right and do it well? And even if things wobble, can they get things back on track and don't be too, you know, harding themselves or beating themselves up like a full faith in them that they will come out on top? And, and um, you know, Scotland are, oh, Scotland are just such a, a, a strange team, really, in that they've they've been kind of consistently, like they missed out in the last World Cup, they'd often be coming, you know, last in, in, in the Six Nations a lot but then they turn around and they beat France mm. do you know so you can't write, you know there's also another team that you can't write off full of a team full of phenomenal players so if they you know if, if they get you know their you know things right um, on, on, on Friday then yeah it'll be it'll be um, 
a huge contest and, and, and Spain and Italy then to play off in, in the other game yeah, as you said, it's really finely balanced. But as you said, the most important thing here is that Ireland are in the mix and they absolutely have to have to qualify for that World Cup, whatever way they do it. But it's looking mm-hmm. good. I mean, the previous performance suggests that they're on the upward curve again. And as you said, maybe, yeah, maybe, just maybe that Spanish defeat might be the, the turning point for them. Finally, yeah. Anna, I just wanted to ask you, and it kind of segues into my final question. When, when I was researching this interview, I came across the fact that last year you were an ambassador for Rugby Players Ireland for a campaign called Tackle Your Feelings. Can you just tell me what briefly what that's about and why it was important for you to become an ambassador and get behind it? Yeah, so Tackle Your Feelings um, is a movement um, set up by Rugby Players Ireland to kind of explore and talk openly about mental health um, amongst the players and then, you know, spread that message amongst others as well. And then one of the kind of campaigns that I got involved in, one of the more specific ones, is around um, online, you know, being kind online. And uh, it just, you know, it, it struck me and it's something that I often, you know, tweeted about, which is why, you know, Robert Fairs Ireland got in touch with me uh, eventually, you know, people saying things about, you know, athletes in general online, you know, like, Surely. oh, they're useless or, oh, you know, that's rubbish or from the comfort of their couch, you know, and, and, and people writing off, um, you know, women's rugby in particular is, you know, obviously, you know, my, my, my number one um, material that I would be reading about, but, you know, people saying kind of ridiculous things and I'd often, you know, retweet them just to kind of show how ridiculous they are and maybe turn it into a bit of satire sometimes. But I think that the, the message that, you know, Tackle Your Feelings and, and, and myself and, and um, Ugo Manu was the, the, um, another ambassador for the same campaign, uh, talking about just being kind online like you don't if you don't think someone's playing well you do not have to say it online like there's not an obligation for you to say that someone isn't playing well you don't have to put that online you know talk talk be be, be critical in a productive way if you need to but just um i think that it, you know it's start, it's actually starting to change and someone actually put up a tweet there the other day um it posted a or some some sports site posted a picture of, uh, or sorry, a video of Jazz Joyce. She's the Welsh winger. She's playing currently playing for um, GB Sevens in a in a tournament in Canada, and she scores an unbelievable try. Actually, sorry, she makes a cover tackle. She goes flying down the pitch, makes an unbelievable cover tackle. And this clip, you know, kind of what I was referring to earlier, a really good clip was was posted and shared. And somebody, um, just a girl that I follow online, she was expecting loads of negative comments just something find some kind of negative yeah it's good but it's not as good as this yeah it was fine but she's not good at whatever they're kind of the comments that you see a lot and she was kind of bracing herself for this and all of the comments underneath were like wow that's class unreal that you know that's great like i think it's actually i think the tide is starting to turn thanks to you know like some of those campaigns that Tackle Your Feelings did or a lot of um, a lot of people have brought it up online and I actually think that the tide is turning um, on those people who are just instinctively like right I have to write something negative here or I have to tear this down somehow it's not you know we're not 100% of the way there yet but I have I have noticed the change online and other people have as well you know going off that, that girl's tweet that she tweeted there the other day that I read 
But and again, like you're speaking so passionately about it, it's obviously something that's important to you, and it is great to see slowly the tide turning. Um, and I think yourself and a lot of other high-profile rugby players are helping, are responsible for part of that. And as you said, mm. if we can get rid of the trollers and the keyboard warriors, just being consistently negative for no particular reason other than to get a few mm-hmm. tweets and likes, I think we're on yeah. the right path. Anna, yeah. um, considering you've just come out of Ultimate Hell Week, you've just come out of a Vodafone Interprovincial Championship winning season you may yet be called up for the Irish international team if they need you you're part of that setup and will continue to be it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and also especially about the Tackle Your Feelings campaign continued success and we hope to catch up with you again on the Big Red Bench Thanks Willinger That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts You can also listen online at redextra.ie Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM